Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in Chicago, Illinois, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. And we are back with another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Stone Payton, Lee Cantor here with you, broadcasting live from satellite studios in Chicago, Illinois. Partnering up with our friends over at Training Pros, had a marvelous initial segment, but uh, I don't know that it's going to be anything compared to what we're going to do in this one, Lee. I know. I'm excited. I am, too. We are going to have an opportunity to visit with Associate Manager of Organizational Development for Cars.com. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Miss Angela Mustis. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you this morning? Good, thank you. Uh, Cars.com, can you share a little bit about what you guys are up to? Cars.com, first of all, does not sell cars. I'll get that out there right away. Wow. We are a marketplace for dealers and consumers to match up. For the consumer side, we offer tons of information on cars. Our editorial team is top-notch, and we help people find the cars that they're looking for and the dealers that can help them. So. so now as a trainer, what is your role? Like, are you training the employees? Are you helping them sell more? Like, what is the scope of training there? So the organizational development team focuses on leadership development, career development, and soft skills training for the entire organization. Mm-hmm. We have two separate training teams that are more functional. There's the operations training team, which does our internal customer service training, and then our sales training team, which obviously hits the sales employees and teaches them about our products and gets their selling skills up to up to par so the organizational development team's role um is what we are focused on creating the best possible employees really best leaders the best workers best how do you how do you attack something like that how do we attack that wow we (laughs) Divide and conquer. (laughs) We are a small team. So organizational development, which is hitting all internal employees, is a team of three. Oh, wow. (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. And we have 1,300 employees. Are you serious? Three. I'm serious. Organizational development is three. So one for every 400 or so. About, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So one of my colleagues focuses on our our sales staff and our operations teams, which, again, they have their own functional training areas. So we're not focusing on teaching them how to do their jobs. Thankfully for those teams, uh, but you we might have to focus. add another person for that, right? Right. Uh, but we do focus on uh, helping managers. Uh, we coach them. We do manager three sixties. Um, then we have another team member who focuses on our product, tech, and marketing teams and their needs for what they have going on there. And then my focus is general training, uh, just kind of our open session stuff, as well as more of our back office, like corporate services type of employees. How do you keep up with all that, that curricula? I mean, that's some pretty diverse content, the way you're describing it. We take read. some time. <laughs> you we, read a lot? <laughs> we take lots of time to get to know the needs of our customers. And, of course, some groups are louder than others. Our sales teams... <laughs> love development. They are hungry for it. They look for every opportunity. So my colleague that focuses on sales does a ton with sales because they're constantly raising their hands and asking for it and saying, hey, I'm having this issue. Can you coach me here? 
for our product and technology teams, they're a little less vocal and they're a little less inclined to say, hey, help me. Right. But so you still have to serve them, though, we right? Still have you got to an- kind of anticipate their needs. So we anticipate a little. We also have strategic meetings that we set up mm-hmm. and going to their leadership and saying, this is what we can do for you. Right. What do you need from us? We have these resources available. And as they start to uncover that they don't have to figure this all out on their own, they start to get an idea of what they want and what they need from us. And then it's just careful scheduling (laughs) from there. So now is that a challenge? I would think that um, if they're not kind of asking for it and you're trying to help them because you're a resource for them, Mm -hmm. you're there to help them be more successful, right? So how do you make them aware of that and uncover the needs that they have that maybe is not as obvious to them? You have to ask the right questions, right? right. So we have some coaching skills out there that we, we brush yeah, up the, on on some our secret, team. That's your secret weapon. And we <laughs> try to ask the right questions right. to help uncover. You can't force them, obviously, to right. invite you in and say, oh, my team really needs some work. Yeah. Can we do a team building session? Can you help us? But maybe you can show them pictures of the team building session you did for somebody else and how successful (laughs) it was, and that might encourage them. (laughs) Uh, So we we offer them different options. Mm -hmm. They're not always up for, you know, coming in for the team building session. Generally, once they go through our leadership training, though, they're usually more open. That's when the light bulb kind of goes on yeah they realize wow these i can see how these tools would be beneficial and that could help me and that would help me achieve the goal that um that the c-suite has set right right yeah so what's your backstory have you always been in the training and development arena or did you have like the yeah well how much time do we have (laughs) lay it on us i have been in the training and development arena for about three years Prior to that, I was the compensation analyst in human resources at CARS. And really my background since college has been in the financial industry before becoming a trainer. But I always knew I wanted to be a trainer. From my first job where I would train new hires that came onto my team, we put together a training session for the customer service team. I was in operations and there there was some strife between the two teams and my boss and I had put together a training session to kind of teach them what we did so they understood the requests that we had of them when they would give us orders and it really built up a great relationship but I did that I was like wow this is awesome I love being in front of the room but it took me about 10 years to figure out how to move from progressing in the financial industry to a complete career change into training and development so I started grad school figure, well, if I put myself through grad school, people will take me seriously. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, a position opened up at CARS that I could just transfer with a company I really loved working for already. So now, would you, uh, what would be advice you would give somebody who is thinking that they might enjoy a career shift like that? Is it to go to grad school? I would suggest grad school if you can. You know, education certainly builds the foundation and the theory right. that a lot of companies are looking for in training. I would also suggest do whatever you can to put yourself in a position to be presenting and teaching things to other people mm-hmm. within the organization that you're in. Right. So like maybe in your department, take um, maybe the initiative to teach something just to see if you really like it. 
Yes. And it also gives you exposure. Right. And that was one thing that I had the benefit of getting some of that exposure at CARS in my former role because we would roll out new systems and I would, we would and have you'd to be train like, people. I'll train them. You know, there's <laughs> this new HR system. I would love to get in front of these right. people. And why show does them the analyst keep training our people? Yeah. Uh, why is she, to, she does compensation. Why is she doing performance management training? I don't understand. Is that um, what happened? That's exactly what happened. And you kept volunteering. I kept volunteering. They knew I was very open and right. vocal. I want to be a trainer someday. Mm-hmm. I did not, keep it a secret. I did not hide it. I was, this is where I want to go. And until I get there, I will do a great job at the role I'm in. So you were still doing your other job. Absolutely. And then you were just looking for opportunities to do training. Yep. Well, she created her own opportunity. She chooses herself like that author you like. Right. James Altucker. Right. Choose yourself guy. So you mentioned earlier in the conversation, uh, and and it's clear, you enjoy being up front, delivering the information. How are you weathering this uh, massive transition for a lot of folks, a lot of organizations to uh, e-learning and different vehicles? Uh, Speak to that a little bit, if you will. Well, e-learning obviously is... A hot new trend. It is a cost-effective method for getting information to people without moving the actual people. Right. Travel mm-hmm. costs money. Sure. Even if you're sending a trainer to your audience. And you fly coach, right? And <laughs> I don't travel very much in my <laughs> okay. current role, but yes, I would fly coach. Cars.com, so. they don't have drivers for everybody? <laughs> Where's my fleet? Where's my fleet of vehicles to get to the entire country? No, we do see shifts towards e-learning and we obviously embrace that especially with our sales force our sales training team has two awesome e-learning specialists that produce video after video to get information in the hands of our sales employees when they need it right kind of it's on demand right that's what yes they don't want to go to a quarterly training session they need the information when they need it yes. and they only want a little bit right they just they, they want chunks is that they accurate? want chunks when we have yeah. a new product they want to know what are the new features of this product that i need to speak to when i'm sitting in front of a dealer right and they are able to produce that and get that out there uh, they use it as pre-work because they, we do fly our training staff and we still do a lot of instructor-led training and we fly them in for their new hire training. And we fly them in for makeup training, which is usually about three, four months later. So that they're still getting that face-to-face right. stuff. But they also have 20 e-learning videos that they're going to watch before and after they do those in-person training sessions. So the actual product knowledge, they can go back to it if they forget something. Right. And it really helps with that part of the business because they're across the country. I mean, we have people in Hawaii and Alaska. So we're not going to get them in front of us very often. Right. On the organizational development side, we could do more for e-learning. But I think there's a lot of stuff that we do that you really can't do in e-learning. Right, because not everything translates. Not everything translates. We focus on soft skills training. We focus on leadership development, career development, things people will want to interact on. Mm -hmm. I was teaching active listening last week, and I'm thinking to myself, how can I teach an active listening class via e-learning? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's where I'm point. telling people to turn and face each other with an open posture like you are open and receptive to what they have to say. 
turn and face right. the computer. On their phone. Yeah, and on your phone while you're waiting in line somewhere, you're going to do that, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's not exactly something that can be translated. And I really think that even though e-learning is exploding, we can't forget that instructor-led training still has great value mm -hmm. because people need to practice a lot of the things that you're trying to teach them. So it's great for e-learning is great for getting you product knowledge and, and the facts. And we still need to remember, sometimes you do still need to see them face to face and you still need to get them in a room and practicing that stuff. Right. And there's a benefit, I think, from a company culture standpoint of having a bunch of people in the room together that don't know each other to get to know each other, to be resources for each other later down the road. You know, that that helps in kind of ways, I guess, that aren't as measurable, but I would think would have an, imp uh, an impact on the company. Absolutely. Uh, we do management training. All of our managers are required to go through a four day training class. Can you imagine a company companies doing this now? No, and right. pulling people out of the field. No, I can't. And this is <laughs> everyone incredible. comes to Chicago. We have an amazing consultant who we work with who does all of our leadership training. And he comes in for four days, and by the end of it, they've created some serious bonds right. with this class. Yeah. And it's not just teaching them skills for leadership. They cover coaching and delegation and working with problem employees and just working through any issues they have as a leader. And they create some bonds. They don't do role plays. They do real life, this is what I'm struggling with. And they, at the end of the session last week, they... How often does this occur? This occurs three or four times a year. Mm -hmm. Last week, we were doing the debrief at the end of the session, and somebody said, you know, this is really great, and these are life skills. Right, this it goes beyond not, their job, right? It's not right? just my job. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at these models and thinking, where does my wife fall? Where does my daughter <laughs> fall? Oh, this is going to help me with my teenager, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's skills that really teach people just how to be better at life, mm -hmm. not just in their role and in their job. Is that what you find rewarding, to be able to kind of have something that transcends the their work but maybe impacts their life as a whole? Absolutely. Uh, one of my passions is motivating and inspiring people to be their best, mm -hmm. which is why I feel that this particular role of organizational development where we're teaching them these serious skills, you know, life skills and job skills beyond just how to do this with step-by-step -step processes is very fulfilling to me. Mm -hmm. um, I do an aspiring managers program where I get to work with people who are <clears throat> highly high potentials for leadership and we create that bond. They do on the job assignments and cooperation with their manager to ensure that they get to practice before they become accountable. Right. For, in a safe place. In a safe place. Right. Where they can screw up and no one's going to yell at them. Right. We're, <laughs> the they, bullets aren't flying, right? They aren't delivering performance <laughs> improvement plans. Right. You know, we draw lines of exactly what they're allowed to do. And I see people who then get promoted out of that program. Right. Oh, that's one of my graduates. Oh, that's got to feel fantastic. It's how nice. do you decide, uh, how does the organization decide uh, what you're going to train on? You know, I'm accustomed to a to a marketing calendar. Is there like a training calendar and you guys, you all sit down and map that out for the year or how is that? 
We do some stuff for the year. Obviously, when we're using vendors and consultants, we want to lock dates down early. Sure, well, that makes sense. Uh, other things we do quarterly. So we will sit down probably around the end of May and start looking at third quarter. Mm-hmm. What do we need to offer? Are people making requests for things? We've been meeting with these different departments, and this is what we've heard their needs are, so that we know, based on what we currently have, what we should be scheduling because mm-hmm. of the needs of the business and it might change or maybe there's something totally new do we need to come up with something new to bring it to the right. organization so that we can keep our calendar fresh without going too far out because too many changes can come up if you go a full year in advance now um are you um a member of atd i am a member of atd so now do you lean on them or those kind of meetings where you can kind of hear what other people are doing or learning from she them? She goes to Margarita Mondays and that's <laughs> where they discuss all things curriculum, right? I haven't been as active in ATD as I should. However, I am going to the conference next month and I'm really looking forward to that and really getting a foothold. Kind of recharge maybe and learn some uh, stuff that's going on outside of, you know, because a lot of times you're in your own company and you're all heads down and... You, you kind of miss what other people are doing. Yes. And I belong to a lot of mailing lists for you know ATD, obviously, Training Mag. Right. Um, the Center for Creative Leadership. I get all this stuff kind of dumped in my inbox. and Well, you have to be. Like an avid reader, you have to be a real student of the, of the craft. Th- things are moving too, too quickly, too, too fast. And I'm curious if you um, buy into this, because I think Lee and I both do. I know I do. I feel like... Even though, like, we're in the uh, radio business, the talk radio business for businesses, I feel like we can learn stuff from a surfboard company. Right. And maybe sometimes, maybe even a little bit better because they're coming from such a different perspective. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I'm constantly looking, reading through LinkedIn articles, and just, I think it's funny. I kind of laugh about it. I'm like, I get paid to sit and read on LinkedIn all day because <laughs> I'm actually doing work. <laughs> nice work if you get um, it, right? Some of those things will actually translate into, oh, wow, this should be a pre read for this class, right? right? And mm-hmm. we can bring an outside perspective, which mm-hmm. I think gives us credibility to the people who are coming right. into the class. And I'm like, this isn't just me thinking this is cool information <laughs> exactly uh, it's just not my way this is there are other people out in the world and this is supported by research and data so you should take pay attention to this listen. right yeah now is there any program you're proud of most proud of i really am proud of the aspiring managers program for me that has been a huge triumph. Did that happen on your watch or was it going on before you got there? I tweaked it. So we had, she made it better. <laughs> we had a series of classes. It's Angela enhanced. It is. It's Angelized. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I like that. <laughs> you can use that. You're okay. <laughs> it's Angelized. What we did, and this was the benefit of me being halfway through grad school when I came into this role because right. I actually used it for a project for grad school. It was a double win. So it was a double win. What we did with the program was we took these individual classes that people would go to, Mm -hmm. tweaked them slightly. I didn't make a ton of changes with the actual content of the classes, but we put them into a program where you come in, you take a class, you kind of meet your cohort. We set them up in In smaller groups, uh, up to 20. Mm -hmm. So we've done, my current group is 17. And they're from all over the country? No, these are non-sales. 
we have a separate program that my colleague runs specifically for sales uh -huh. that's very similar. It's their uh, develop, leadership development mm -hmm. program. So for this one, it's all non-sales employees, so they're all here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And they come to the class, and I send them home, back to work with a homework assignment. And like what's an example of a homework assignment? So we finished up a couple weeks ago, delegation, coaching, and feedback. That was an all-day session, so a few hours on delegation and tactics for how to properly delegate, then a few hours on coaching and feedback, and gave them some models on how to coach people who they delegate to. So their homework assignment is go back in cooperation with your manager is kind of the caveat to all of this stuff. Your manager has to be on board with it. <laughs> I don't need any renegades out there. Right. That are Go back and choose a task that you currently do. Mm -hmm. Pick an employee and delegate that task. Then after they've completed it, you need to provide them with feedback, feedback. Right. and possibly go. coach them while they're working on it. If it's a bigger task and they have questions, they're struggling with something, you might have to employ some coaching tactics. Now, are they, when you tell them that, are they like, oh, this is great. Now I got somebody helping me do my job. I hope so. I, sh I certainly hope so. We find that the biggest thing with transitioning from an individual contributor to management is stop doing the stuff right. and work on getting stuff done through people. Really? That's a gap for most people? That's a gap for most people when they become new managers. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to get to them now before they even become managers right. and kind of and help them And lay the groundwork so then it's easier when they are in that role. Because it's a major shift. It's uh -huh. a major mind shift. I'm, I do it. I'm good at it. How many people are promoted because they're good at what they do and then they're terrible managers? Right. And that's the truth. You know, I, we want to try to help them with that mind shift earlier so that because their managers because right their identity might be like well I'm good at this task you know so I'm proud of it they right. take personal pride in it so it's hard for them to give up this thing that you know that in their mind they think maybe no one else could do it as good as them exactly exactly and we talk a lot about that you got to let it go yeah, let it go. I say let it go in the delegation class. But, but I'm about so much times. better than Bill at this. I can't let that go. Or, it needs to be done too quickly, and it's going to take me too much time to train them and show them. And I usually say, okay, remember the first time you did that? Were you good at it? Probably not. Right. Did somebody give you time and have patience with you to let you figure it out? Right. And learn from your mistakes. You have to do the same thing. You have to pay it forward and do mm -hmm. the same thing for those other people. So before we wrap, what's next for you? Where are you going to be putting your time, energy, and effort over the next uh, six, eight months? My time and energy is going to probably be spent increasing some e-learning offerings for the non-sale side of the business and figuring out ways that we can either partner with some e-learning vendors or take some of the content that we do right. have and put it into on-demand chunks for our field employees because we don't have the opportunity in our department and organizational development to really reach those people outside of our leadership development training. You have to let it go. <laughs> you gotta let it go <laughs> and then angelize it <laughs> you just get those two things in proper balance right. there's no game stopping on. you game on <laughs> that's right uh, where can our listeners go to learn more maybe have a conversation with you someone on the team uh, or just learn more about cars.com well you can learn tons about cars.com at cars.com that's handy that's handy <laughs> Um, for me, I'm I'm on LinkedIn and happy to connect with people to to learn more there. 
So. Well, what a pleasure. This has been a really fun conversation, informative. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I know that I was sort of starting at, at a very low level, but I'm a lot smarter about this stuff than I was 20, 25 minutes ago. Lee, well, about I think you? it's a great story to be able to go from one area and think like it when you were younger, like, I'm going to be yeah. this person, and then mm-hmm. now you change gears. That's and inspiring. Then, and you've really embraced it, and you're so passionate about it, and I think that's an inspirational story, just that story alone. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you. Well, it was a blast. And let's do it again. We'll probably swing back through town if Mike and the training pros, uh, folks invite us back through. Then we'll make a point of uh, having this conversation again. Yeah, maybe right. bring one of those people who went through your aspirational oh, now training. That, now, then, now that would make a nice Ooh. And let's hear what they have to really say about it. Yeah. Well, you up for that yeah. challenge? Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> She that told a lot of really bad jokes. We kind of laughed out of pity. I don't know. You up for that? You brave enough to bring one of your students in? Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> All right. We'll see about making that happen. All right. We'll be back in a few from Training Pros, Chicago. This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.